Welcome to Bears Country Podcast, last call at Hallis Hall. This is the Barroom Network after party show. After we're wrapping up our final thoughts from this oddly inspiring loss to the Vikings. <sighs> we got a lot to talk about with that. I think that we all kind of feel the same way about this game. This game looked like it could have gone out of hand very quickly and the bears somehow reined it back in and they only ended up giving up their first touchdown of the second half in this last game so that's something to kind of be inspired about so we have uh dan aguire here and we also have our special guest kenny who's joining us from chat so let's get at it can you I hit the wrong one. <laughs> I don't have my producer. Let's get at it. Bears country. Where is it? It's in your man game. Your home, your car, your local bar, your city, state, it's across the world. It's in your heart. And it's here. The Bears Country Podcast. Welcome to Bears Country Podcast. Last call at Hallis Hall, our post-barroom after-party. We are here with Dan Aguirre again, and we're going to be joined by special guest Kenny from chat to kind of help drown our sorrows more in this kind of inspiring win, I should say. I know that's how I kind of feel about it, Dan. How do you feel about this game? Yeah, it's one of those they got away from us, but to be down 21-3, to to come back and lead 22-21, albeit for a fleeting moment, and for Fields to get into a rhythm, it just, you know, it's like, well, let's see it again next week or Thursday, you know, two days from now or three days from now, whatever. It, it feels like we've hit a stride and it's just going to improve now. Of course, there's going to be bad games, but the part that it's inspiring is everyone can see this guy can play now. Mm -hmm. He's got to be consistent, but you saw it. You saw it with your own fucking eyes yesterday. Yesterday and the first couple weeks, we hadn't really seen it sans the San Francisco game in the rain. So it was inspiring for us that have been on his bandwagon to show us something because he had struggled mm -hmm. for three games, you know. So, but and he finally he, he came through. So that's the part that's inspiring, but it's still two and three, and that blows. And at least we're seeing it now, kind of in game five rather than game what 
12 or 13 last year that we were seeing it in with the Ravens and the Steelers. I think the Ravens game was earlier than that, but you know, it was, it was late in the season when we were starting to see the inspiring play from Justin and the fucking game just for whatever reason got away. The refs got in the way in that Pittsburgh game. That was his best game by far from, in my opinion. And this season, it starts to feel like you're seeing that start to come to fruition again. I mean, learning a new offense is not easy. It's going to take any one time. So patience has been uh, a, a word that we've all been needing to preach and follow. And I call 11 and 6. I, I, I'm probably not going to be right on that. I'm still preaching patience because I know that's not going to happen overnight. And if I'm only off by one or two games on that predicament, I'll be happy with that. I mean, there's still what 12, there's 12 games to go. So for them to, mm-hmm. to win 11, they, where they have to go, uh, so what they got, wait a minute, is there 12 games left? Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's 17 now. It's, mm-hmm. I still haven't gotten used to that. And so they, they've won two. So they need to win nine more. So they could go nine and three, but let me point this out. Oh, five, they hadn't won in forever, four years at that point, And they started one and three. Mike Brown said, we suck after the, the Cleveland loss when they led 10, nothing in the fourth quarter and lost it. And you didn't even have your quarterback and they managed to turn out eight straight wins in Oh five out of nowhere and won the mm-hmm. division title. So, and again, it was supposed to be green Bay or Minnesota that won it, not the bears. So things happen. You just got to get some momentum, and man, for 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 two hours Sunday, we had momentum, and we hadn't had it all season. Except I know it felt good, didn't it? It it did. It felt good. Like against San Francisco, they started playing poorly. uh, The Forty Niners. Who's to say if Garoppolo's playing, he's not matching us point for point there? But yesterday, I felt like Fields could have handled whoever. If that would have been Aaron Rodgers, we can match him. Mm -hmm. It felt like if you score, we're going to score. By the time we got into a rhythm, and it's just so disappointing that the defense laid down, and then of course the turnover. The turnover. And there's always there's always that moment from Kirk Cousins. You're kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like there's a there's a turnover somewhere in here. I just feel it. And I started to feel that during the game yesterday, and I was right. It came. And a fucking Kindle, Kindle Vildor of all people. Yeah, and I just hate that that these quarterback every guy every play every quarterback we play has these great statistics like Kirk Cousins making setting a Vikings record for most co- consecutive completions to start a game like that hurts my feelings terribly. Like this guy's not that good. I mean he's he's good. He's he's a an above average quarterback, and I don't mean that disparagingly. He's the kind of guy that can play until he wants to retire. Like he, there's a place for him somewhere in the league, because every quarterback, the teams always need a quarterback. So he's good enough to win you games, but he's not good enough to be fucking 24 of 24, or whatever. That's just lack of defense. Because we're playing off, and we're leaving a dynamic wide receiver wide open, and just refuse to change. Two things to that, Kirk Cousins. A, uh, I was so impressed with the 
Redskins at the time drafting RG3 with like second pick in the first round and then going and getting Kirk Cousins in the like the third round, I believe. Yeah. And right. two quarterbacks in one draft. I was so impressed with that because that's something that I would have done as a general manager, you know, in, in the moment like that. And they ended up RG3 ends up not panning out. And look what would have happened if they just would have hung on to Kirk Cousins. He's not a terrible quarterback. He just has a problem with those. He's almost too cerebral. And he it's almost like he has problems with those big games because he's just thinking about it too much. And he, and he has more time to think about it because they're in the afternoon or at night rather than, you know, I'm sure that he's the kind of guy that's up every every day at 4 a.m. and no matter what, you know, and he can't turn his brain off. So you get him at noon, it's harder to win. If you get him at 7 or 8 o'clock at night, it's easier to win. It's ironic that I remember Washington drafted Heath Heath Schuler, who ended up being a, a congressperson for a while, but they drafted Heath Schuler in the first round in 94, and then somewhere in the subsequent rounds took Gus Farratt. And Gus ended up being the better player uh, and hung around forever. Same comparison with Kirk Cousins and RG3. But I will tell you, RG3 was dynamic his rookie year, and if he hadn't gotten hurt, we probably would have never heard of Kirk Cousins because RG3 was – he was balling out his rookie season. People forget that. He got hurt in that Seattle playoff game and was never the same. All right. Yeah. I know. It was unfortunate. Well, Dan, we have uh, Kenny from chat waiting in the wings. Why don't we bring him on and get his perspective on this game? Gentlemen, good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Kenny. Thank you for joining us. How are you tonight? Very well. Hey, cheers to a Bears Moral Victory Monday. Moral Victory Monday. That's a good way to put it. I don't feel terrible about this loss. I... I'm more gut-wrenched by that. Well, I'll just pull it up again. I'm more gut-wrenched by this. Yeah, that's PI all day. All day. That's just, that's just, that's a pet. That's a, that's a personal, uh, yeah, a personal, uh, a PI. Thank you. Jesus yeah. Christ. Kitty, I thought I thought Kitty was not producing the show tonight, so now I'm all befuddled because I'm trying to manage all this myself. But I see that she's here. Kitty, can you pull up the other video of the actual play of the game that I'm pissed off about? No, that's not that's not it. It's right here. I got it. What in the actual fuck? Yeah, like, I, I, I had the intention of not coming on here angry, and that play just made me angry again. 
that is uh, what my father would call trying to be a hot dog and ending up a weenie. Uh, you would think at any level, I mean, it's easy to come on and armchair, you know, football players say, you know, call out players for mental mistakes, but you're a professional. You, you gotta know and anyone sitting there watching the game knew you get the ball, you run out of bounds. That's, that's, I mean, it's football one-on-one that that was a really tough play and obviously you know tries to break it for a gain against this former team and you know you end up getting the ball punched out right away and that's a wrap so that was a tough play you know it was good for good leadership from uh justin to go put his arm around the kid but that I mean, you could lose your job very easily. In the, you know, it's the NFL, not for long. You could easily get waived on a play like that. It's just, it's the comeback that never was. Very similar to the Steelers game. It, it is what you know. It is the you know two would have been you know signature win games where you don't come out feeling terrible. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it, it's kind of foolishness. You can make arguments one way or another, but it, it's just discipline lost both those games as the common common denominator. I want to play devil's advocate and not to contradict Kenny or anyone else, but earlier in the game, as you know, he had that, that bullshit holding call on him mm-hmm. uh, that, that negated Fields' touchdown. And you combine that with the fact that he's playing his former team and he's been with the Bears, like his like Dan's graphic said, since September 1. And this was his first significant moment with the Bears a month and a half later almost. I think the guy, I mean, he's like, I'm on the field. I got to make up for that penalty earlier. I'm against these assholes here that cut me. The dude's just trying to make a play. And selfishly, is trying to earn a spot on the field. Say, hey, I can do this. This is my first moment you guys have given me. I've seen Pettis drop ball after ball. I'm finally getting a shot. I'm going to show everybody that I'm I'm worthy of my spot. And he fumbled the ball. And again, it's sickening as a Bear fan. It made me like, oh, God, here we go again. But I can see his perspective. The dude's trying to make a fucking play. He's trying to earn a spot. I'm going to give him a mild pass. Like, I honestly yeah. felt less disgusted by that. Not not in, the fact the end of the game was disgusting, but I was less disgusted by that than seeing Pettis continually drop balls when he's wide open. At least yeah. he caught it, and he made one good juke to make a first down. He should have oh, gone out God. of bounds. I give you that, but he's a guy trying to make a play, in my opinion. I completely agree. I, I don't, you know, I, I'm not out. You know, I'm not calling to go out in front of his house with pitchforks. He, he, right. he's being a competitor, you know, so it, it's tough when you get that ball, you just want to go. But at the same time, what, you know, he, he's trying to get that play, that interference call back. But, you know, that, and that's where, you know, trying to be a hot dog, you know, try, he's trying to make a play, but you know, that's in the best interest of himself and not the team. 
And that's yeah. where the mistake is because, again, you know in that situation, he, he, and then you, tw- hindsight's twenty twenty. so if he would have ran it to the house, it's a different conversation. And we're like, why isn't he our number two receiver? But have you ever- should have, you know, I don't know about coaching. They see him more, but maybe he should have gotten a little more tick. I don't know exactly what his snap count was in the previous games, but that's a high pressure situation where I'm sure he was blind sight. You know, he he was seeing tunnel vision at that I, moment. I agree with you so much because I'll leave this. This could be rhetorical and we can move on and Dan has something else, but Imagine if any of us were in that exact same spot. Wouldn't we also be desperate to make a big play to, to make up for that penalty and for the team that cut us and we're trying to prove to the world that we can do this? Like To me, if that's me, I, I mean, I'd like to think I would have gotten out of bounds, but you also have all the pressure in the world to make a play to give yourself a position to be on the team. Because yeah, you, only- you got Harry's coming back. So maybe he's thinking, I'm going to lose my spot to Harry. Well, I was going to say that maybe did, – did either of you guys watch the press conference with the coach and what the response was to that and, or anything from the media? Because I haven't myself. I have I not. don't know if – okay, so I, the only thing I can come up with is that it was designed. They said try to – you know, don't go out of bounds. We still have a minute 12 left in a timeout. And we don't want to score too quickly and give them the ball back. So maybe that was the thinking there was don't go out of bounds. And so he was trying not to. But yeah, I don't it, think and, I listened to some of the interviews. <laughs> I, they didn't. It came up. They, they didn't go over it. it. It was more Justin giving a brief like, that's a tough moment. You know, we got, we got to lift him up. He's going to be a good player in this league, which, you know, it is good to hear from your quarterback, but at the same time, it's that, that's somewhere where someone's got to be in your ear when you're, when you're coming out, like they know what play they're going to run. Who knows what read he was, but I have to imagine it, it, it was, it was an idea that he was one or two, that's that's coaching most on and i think most the things that annoyed me from the game more the the pettis drops were tough but i think there were a couple coaching small coaching decisions that i i think annoyed me in the game more so than a kid trying to make a play because i i completely get that angle but at the same time it's it's the nfl you're a professional those are the small details that are the difference between winning or losing. And again, you know, if he would have housed it, it's probably a different conversation, but you can even go back at the time and where they were on the field, get out of bound. You have the first down, you know, it, it wasn't a fourth and 15. You get out of, you have the first down, get out of bounds. You know, you have another play, to put the ball back in Justin Fields' hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can get behind that. It's you know, it, you're in the moment and you're trying to make a play for your team. So 
I'll give I'll give the kid the benefit of the doubt on that. I'm not going to go at him with pitchforks either. I don't mean to. I know I know he's trying, so I don't mean to make you know poo poo on him. But what 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 else about the game? Like, what do you got? What do you think about the defensive line, Kenny? When I when I was taking notes watching the game, the the word I kept coming back to was inconsequential. They they were getting pressures. They they weren't you know they weren't being stood up the entire night. But not not it's not enough. It, it, it wasn't enough. You know you had there was a few. I don't know if they ended. They might have gotten Kirk on one sack officially. There was a couple. I know Travis Gibson had, had a couple pressures that would have been sack if the ball didn't come out right before. Um, but at the same, you know, in the the run defense wasn't. They were getting gashed. They didn't give up any huge plays, which it, but you were still giving up three to eight, uh, you know, a bit. So those add up. The first downs kept coming. So, you know, it, you could say it's improvement, but also you were you were getting the ball run on you all day. So it, it wasn't terrible. I like Justin Jones, but, you know, Alquadine has not he, – he got a, a holding call, which I think has been the most he's done uh, thus far. I, I haven't seen him set the edge well. Again, some pressures, but nothing, you know, n- nothing of consequence. So that, again, inside, inconsequential, you know, nothing to make the opposing team alter their game plan or their rhythm. They yeah, need I... that big pig on the defensive line. Well, that's what I was going to say. Watts played a little bit early in the like Akeem Hicks role, but it was like the first drive. And then I didn't see him much the rest of the game. And because he's wearing 96, he automatically makes me think of Akeem Hicks, but I thought maybe he was gassed. I don't know, but I think he deserves more time uh, up front there, especially when you can't stop the run. And uh, when Kenny kept saying inconsequential, it made me think of Roquan. Now I know Roquan had the big uh, play against the Texans. It gave us a win. He had all those tackles. But other than that game, it feels like everything Roquan ever does is sort of like, you know, 12 tackles, but they were down the field 15 yards and he made the tackle. It feels like mm-hmm. anytime he has to, an opportunity to make an impact play, like has Dalvin Cook in the backfield, oh, he burst through Roquan's tackle, though. You know, he's the one to me that is really underperforming Sands that tremendous game against the Texas, in addition to Robert Quinn, who needs to wake the fuck up. It's why I'm glad Poles didn't end up signing him to some huge contract, not knowing what you were getting out of him in a 4-3 defense as a will linebacker. And it's proven to be the case. I mean, I there's people that can sit in his corner and say, well, he got 16 tackles the last game and 12 or whatever before that. And he's but like you said, Dan, they're not all. He's not stopping. How many tackles for loss are they? You know, how he's many not getting stacks? in there. How yeah. many ever, any spl- ever any splash plays other than that interception? Right. Yeah, he was definitely in position. I think uh, 
maybe the third the third touchdown on the goal line and that's where I, I, I'm I get encouragement from the defense because it's not like they're they're gad and they don't know what to do you know some adjustments come a little bit later than you would like but players are in position to make plays uh there there's plenty of times where it's open to the cornerback or the linebacker to make that open field tackle and that's the difference of stopped at the line or a tackle for a loss or giving up eight to ten additional yards so uh there there were there were tackles to be made I, i think they were generally in the right position more so than previous weeks uh but you know then, then you got to make the play, and there were there were a couple cuts. What kept coming back to my mind was, and you know, coaches see more than me again. But I'm like, wow, I, I wonder what Kyrus Tonga and Thomas Graham would look here. You know, uh, a cornerback that showed promise. We never got a you know a full explanation on why he didn't make the cut, aside from few injuries, maybe attitude. Um, and then Kyrus Tonga, where it's, they, they decided to flip Tonga for Armin Watts. And, you know, Armin Watts has been has been decent, but, you know, may, maybe a big, thick run stuffer in there and look a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I like the last thing that you just were – the last thing that you just said about um, – oh. Go back two points ago. I was trying to pull up that banner. Sorry. <laughs> you made a really good point. Like in your last, what was the last thing you just said? Dan, you got to remember. Well, he was talking about Tonga versus Watts and how maybe they shouldn't have given up on Tonga so quickly and uh, Thomas Graham. Thomas Graham. Yes. Thank you. They let Thomas, they didn't let him go, but. They didn't free up the spot on the actual roster to pull him up off of the practice squad, and then he he gets plucked by who? Cleveland, I think. I think, when so. I I'm not sure. I haven't you know I haven't been paying attention to either of them playing, so I don't know what their what their careers have become as of yet. But but Thomas Graham would have been great to be able to plug in right now when we're down at Jalen Johnson to see what he has. He was the guy that. I had my eyes set on last season, as especially with the beginning of this new regime and this new defense. I thought he was a perfect fit in this 4-3, and we ended up losing him off the practice squad. That sucked because we could really use him now. And I don't know what's going on with Jalen Johnson, but who knows how much longer he's going to be out. I read a tweet that he may play Thursday. I think so, too. Oh. I, I think they were... They were making sure that quad was full. I think they they try to bring Bayless back maybe a little bit too soon, so they might have taken it a little bit easy on the quad coming back. But yeah, you know, it, you you could say you could theorize if Thomas Graham would be any better, but I know Jalen Jones had a tough day, so that that's on paper. You know, again, I, I think he tried. Well, you know, he hustled. I don't think he gave up on himself, but then there was a talent discrepancy for sure. He would, you know, they were almost too scared to play press. So they played him back and he, they were just getting eaten up underneath all day. 
surprisingly, he had the most tackles of the of the team on defense, though. Jalen Jones. He had like nine or ten tackles, right? I think he had like thirteen. Oh. Let's see if I still have this slide here. Yeah, I do. You know, if we lose thirteen Thursday, tackles. I was just going to say because I didn't know how long it would take you. Uh, if we would lose Thursday, you know the Bears don't play to the following Monday night, so it's going to be like two weeks of just like how can we be two and fucking four? So if we can get back to if we can get back to five hundred, then we can feel good about that win. Like I said, for nearly two weeks, and hopefully take care of business against the Patriots. That'll be a slog if they lose on Thursday, having to sit with that. Yeah, exactly. Who is the next team that we play after that? At New England on, on Monday, Monday night. Oh, that's right. New England on Monday night, yes. And then at Dallas, and then our game in Soldier Field against the Dolphins. Hmm. Uh, speaking of the Pats, um, I'm always up to see a team give the Packers a run for their money. But were either of you guys pulling out your hair when – Bailey Zap or whatever the kid's name is comes in with freaking uh, who's the uh, the their offensive coordinator quote unquote former coach for the Lions. I don't know. I don't follow the, the, the Patriots back guy with the beard. Oh, oh uh, Matt Patricia, Matt Patricia, Matt Matt Patricia. Patricia. Yeah, they have Matt Patricia as an offensive coordinator with their third-string quarterback or whoever this kid is coming in and, like, putting up 24 on the Packers. I'm like, that That was, again, just, I'm like, why can't we, like, what is missing on the Bears aside from Bill Belichick? Wait a second. Wait a second. Matt Patricia is an offensive coordinator? Yeah, I was going to say he's, he's, a, he's a, in, in, in New England. He was always the defensive coordinator prior to that, prior to his Detroit job. Yeah, yeah, he was on the defensive side. I'm, I may, you know, I might be tripping, but I'm eighty-five percent sure he's calling their offensive plays. I don't. Oh, now you have. Now I have to look this. Oh, kid, you got to look that up. And I, I'm sorry if I'm. It wrong says he. That. Yeah, no. It says Matthew Edward Patricia is the senior football advisor and offensive line coach for the New England Patriots. So what? he is on the he's on the offense, he's the O-line coach. What? A he's fucking defensive coach. coordinator failed head coach becomes an offensive coordinator slash offensive line coach? No, no, offensive line coach and senior assistant. Oh. So I, I would assume he's not calling the plays, but I don't know, I don't pretend to be a Patriots expert. I've watched zero games of New England sans their playoff games in this entire run. I just hate watching them play. <laughs> God, me too. I the Patriots are just I you know, I feel for every other team in that division for all those years because I we know what it's like, you know, and it's, it's to know all the cheating and everything that's gone on with them, it's just it's just disgusting. You you don't feel right about any of their wins, you know. 
Yeah, I think it's it was like, like a combination of the Patriots and Brady when obviously it was at it at its peak and like just overall hate. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, typically just me as a as a person, I have my mom. My mom hates both sides, Brady and Patriots. I, I don't as much. I maybe because I don't have to like all my hate goes towards the Packers. So it doesn't like resonate with me as much, but it's, uh, speaking of Kenny, uh, we had a pre-production meeting to kind of get to know each other before this. Why don't you explain your, your Packers situation? Yeah. So I am, I'm from Northern Illinois, Lake County, shout out Lake County, Illinois. Uh, grew up in the same, grew up again in the same town or like a town next to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, So I'm very used to like Bears Packers rivalry was always like very real, you know, especially from just proximity of where we lived. You know, this is like 15 Wisconsin border, 15, 20 minutes from the Wisconsin border. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm married into a, a pretty devout Packers family. Uh, so my wife and I have two days a year where we do not, you know, it's a battle all day, you know, doing dishes, just shooting evil looks at each other. Um, I usually have to make Buffalo wings or like something else delicious to kind of like diffuse the tension. But man, I I really do. I, I hate green and yellow. I hate Aaron Rodgers. I hate anyone who's donned a Packers jersey. Um, they and you live in Wisconsin. I, I live in Wisconsin now, so, so you're surrounded by them. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not too. You know, I, it's a. Yeah, I like a little bit of the uh, the jabbing, but it's like after an embarrassing loss. You know, I I still try to throw on my bear stuff, but it gets it gets a little bit tough. You know, my work meetings are full. You know, I, I log on to my computer and it's all just like Packers <laughs> gifts. Um, so, yeah, it, it's been a struggle. I, I have to explain. They don't quite get like why I have such a hatred towards the Packers, but I'm 29 years old. Like, they pretty much poo-pooed most of my football life. Uh, Dan, could you imagine if... Would you be able to date Ginny if she was a Packers fan? Okay. I got to say something that's rated R. Is that going to be okay? No. No. Well, if it's not, really, I don't want to say it then. (laughs) Of course it's okay. This last call at Hallis Hall, Dan. Well, last week got a little, you know, a little dirty. So, um, I... This is, a, this is a true story. It was during the pandemic. I I, I won't say your name. Uh, I was doing this lady, you know. Uh, she's uh, she, she tells me to go ahead, you know, so I do my business. She's on birth control, thank God, you know. Uh, but I, I do my thing. And then after, like within five minutes, she tells me that she's a Packers fan. I said, why didn't you tell me that before I came? Get out of my house. 
I why like she said, are you kidding? I said, there's no way I come in you if you're a Packers fan, if I know that. No way. <laughs> she was like, what the fuck, Dan? I was like, because I can't reproduce with a Packers fan. Like, what if God forbid something happens and, and we create a fucking human being? Like, I don't want to raise a kid with a Packers fan. And uh needless to say, she and I only fucked like one more time after that because she, she was deeply offended. But that's a true story. I would not have come in here if I'd have thought she was a Green Bay fan first. Did you double down on the condoms the second time? Uh, I don't even know if we did no, another I, time I after that. I, one. Yeah, that's probably right. But I was just saying, though, uh, I, just I don't even out. know if we, we may not have done it again. I'm just saying I know it wasn't too many. Yeah, she <laughs> soiled my seat. Yeah, I... See, I go back and forth. Obviously, you know, that that's where I ended up. But, like, I'm almost happy about it because I don't know if I want to be with another, like, avid Bears fan because that's kind of like my escape. You know, it's like the one thing with, like, the Bears come on. That That's my alone time. That's the one time where it's like, leave me alone. Like, this is what I'm doing. But, like, I don't know if I'd want, like, you know, getting, like, it's almost worse, like, because we just don't talk to each other during the games, you know. We make, like, our comments. I, I get usually am the one getting angry. But I think, You're used to it now. You're used to it. Yeah, you're used, to, your, used yeah. to it from, like, where I grew up. I think it might be worse, like, being married to somebody who's also super, like, emotionally invested in the Bears. Right. I don't know. I like it when she watches games with me. I kind of dig it. Like she obviously is rooting for the bears because of me. Uh, and I like it. Like I said, it kind of makes me feel less alone versus like being rooting for the team that it's always an uphill battle to score. Or if we do score, then the defense can't fucking stop anybody. And it's just like, it helps me feel like moral support because she wants them to win for me. So I kind of dig that. <laughs> No, I like watching the games with Kitty. It's, it's, uh, I mean, in the beginning, you know, she was like, what are you fucking doing? You can't change this game. Why are you doing this, you know, weird ritual before the game or whatever it is? You know, you can't, you're, you're not going to change the game, you know? And then she'd be like, why are you getting so upset at things? And things and you can't just, control, Dan. Things you right, can't exactly. control. Nothing, nothing I can control. And eventually, she just came to, yeah, this is how he is. And and then and then when after the they lost the championship game to the Packers, and I went completely freaking numb for almost two years. She was like smacking me in the face, like, "Come on, get out of it, get out of it!" Like, what's wrong with you? Like, where, where's your, where's, where's Bears fan Dan? Like, I sorry, I know that's you, Dan, but. I'm also a Dan, so. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know where he is. And she was like, you got to get back. You're like, this is weird. And so I was like, okay, okay. I, I'm going to get back into this. You know, this is this is like late John Fox era. Then they get Trubisky. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get behind this kid. And, you know, and. I know I told and, you this before, but. The and game... she's, like, then she's like, you have to do a podcast. I'm like, okay, I will. That, that Packers loss in 2010 was, you know, devastating for me as well. But. The one that was just so much worse for me was the Randall Cobb play in 13. I think because of the 2010 game, 
in 30 years of losing to them. I just thought, man, if we can just get this one, and you know, the, if you won the game, you were in the playoffs, and we were up 28 to 20 in the fourth quarter. And uh, I just, God, this is our game. We're gonna we're gonna make the playoffs, and we got Cutler, and he's gonna redefine his legacy coming back to beat Aaron. And I, when when Cobb caught that pass, like I said, I threw the only time I've thrown a remote controller and broken it uh, had broken a remote. That one was just fucked me up for a long time. Like yeah, the whole so off season. The the 2010s were the two 50 burger games, right? To the Patriots and the Packers. That was in 14. Okay. Yeah, and then 13, yeah, the the what is that when the Sports Illustrated and the magazine came out saying bring on the Packers? That was 2010, yeah. the championship game. Okay. I've got that hanging up. I don't mean to be a know-it-all. I just have that. No, I, I appreciate it. My, I've been hit in the head too many times. So uh, the, always get games the, picture, games the picture you're talking about in SI was taken during the Seattle playoff game when Olin is uh, snapping the ball to Jay and his mouth is open and he's calling a play. And you see Roberto Garza as well. Yeah, and it says bring on the Packers. That's leading into the 2010 NFC Championship game. As devastated as I was by that loss, that one in 13, though, in week 17, when Randall Cobb gets that catch on fourth down is the one that just made me feel completely lost, like I was DiCaprio freezing to death at the end of Titanic in the water, you know? Was that yeah. 14 or was that 13? That's 13. 14, we didn't do right, shit. That That's 13. the year that right. uh, the, the offensive coordinator started crying because he was bad-mouthing Cutler, and then Cutler confronted him and he cried and – it was Tressman's right. last year. They had those 50 games he was referencing. 13 was week 17. It was Green Bay at Chicago. The winner makes the playoffs. The loser's out. And the Bears led 28-20 to 20 with the touchdown, a great catch by Brandon Marshall where he turns around uh, on a play that was supposed to be run to, to Matt Forte, and Jake it was on the goal line, kept it and threw it up in midair, and Brandon does a twist and catches it. We're up eight. It just looks like it's our game. It's in the fourth quarter. And sure enough, they get four straight fourth down conversions. The last play, Peppers is in Rodgers' face, lets him go, and then Rodgers throws it to Cobb when our bullshit, horrible safety is playing with his dick instead of playing coverage. The white guy, yep. what's his name? Help, help, help me out, that fucking guy. God, where is he now? Chris Conti. Chris, Chris Conti? Conti. And he had a pick six on Jay after that game when he was in Tampa Bay. I was like, fuck you, man. I hope your house burns down. You scrub. <laughs> I had a I had a, a video of that uh that touchdown pass to Cobb you're talking about. I'm trying oh, to find yeah. it here. That fucking game was just the fourth and nine. Like you said, they've completed how many fourth downs on that drive? Like four straight. Uh, my God, that was fourth, fourth and nine. Wide open Randall Cobb for a touchdown. We had the we talked about this, Dan. We had the offense that year to overcome a bad defense. We could have scored 45 points and given up 40, you know. Yeah, we had Martellus, we had Matt Forte, Alshon Jeffrey, who I didn't like. I thought he was an asshole and never – he's like, oh, did I hurt my toe? I think I'm going to sit out this one. He didn't have any heart. And, of course, we had B. Marsh, who a lot of people didn't like, but I like Brandon Marshall a lot. So, mm -hmm. 
Brandon Marshall was, I mean, he still is one of the best receivers we've ever had. So, freak, athletic freak. Mm hmm. Elshon Jeffrey, too, one of the best wide receivers we ever drafted. How long of a career? You know, he's, what, he's, is he still in the league? If not, he's just left. He got to win that playoff game against us with Philly in Soldier Field when Parky missed the field goal. Oh, and he got to make us look like shit. Yep. That was fun. Yeah, because he was doing Fucking... the Hulk Hogan ear when the fans were booing him, if you recall. Happens every time, right? We talk about this. It's it's Why? Yeah, when we get the former players, such as Smith, Morset, or Marset. whatever. Marset, you know, he gives the game away. But if the other mm -hmm. team has a former bear, then they excel. Like it's the greatest game they've ever had. Alshon Jeffrey, 21 catches, you know, just why does that happen? Man? Was it Bernard Barry that went to the Bengals? No, he went to Minnesota and he, had a, he went to Minnesota and had a 99 yard touchdown reception against us in 08 with like Gus Verratic quarterback too. But it was literally 99 yards on a Sunday night game in 08. I loved Bernard. I did not want him gone. <laughs> Oh my God! I said, "How does that even happen? <laughs> like, how is the how is the fortune just so terrible that we just that happens all the time to us, and we can just yeah, you know, we get Edgar Bennett murders us on a Halloween night in the oh, my sloppy birthday. mud fest. Yeah, my fourteenth <laughs> birthday. He comes to the Bears and probably fumbled a ball and gave it back to the Packers, if I remember correctly. <laughs> and during one of those games, I mean, he just we we never have that." Like we've talked about, Dan, that uh, that fu game, you know, the fuck you game back to the team that we got from you know the player that we got from some other said team. The only thing I can think of was right after the Cutler trade, we had a preseason game in Denver. I mean, in '09, before the regular season had begun, and they had all these like Cutler dolls with like diapers on and stuff, and. And Jay went out there and lit them up in the preseason and beat the, the Broncos. But he was 0-1 as a Bear against them. Uh, he only played in 2015. The game where Mar uh, that you were at, the Marion Barber game with Tim Tebow, we had uh, Caleb Haney playing in that one. But, yeah, Jay lost the game in 15 to Denver at Soldier Field. But that's the only time he played them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that game that I was there with the – What's what's his name running out of bounds? Oh God, that's, that's, that game was. Uh, we had that game in the bag. We left. We're like, we're gonna win this game. Let's get out of here. The parking's terrible. <laughs> Listen to the ride home. Oh, he ran out of Marion Barber ran out of bounds. <laughs> on a wait, they got the ball. Oh wait, we just lost. Oh my God. I can't find that video. Anyway, I'm I'm losing my train of thought trying to find it, but it would have been fun. It would have been fun to pull that up. The uh, the the pass to uh, fucking Randall Cobb, just to get pissed off about it all over again. <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny. I was watching the Vikings game. This came up a little bit, but I, I was Dan. I was thinking about a show a few times or a few. A few shows ago when you were talking about rookie quarterbacks and how they always, you know, it's either a rookie or a no-name quarterback that seems to come in and just have their best, you know, career day against the Bears. Me, like, Daniel Jones. Yeah. yeah. For all the vaunted defense, it's like the two kryptonites are 
mediocre quarterbacks and like third and long, fourth and long. Like those just seem to always come back and bite us in the ass no matter who's on the field, what the situation is. And former players. Yeah, yeah, and former players. It's yeah, like they, can't if we're, get, if, they can't get off the field, like you said. That drives me crazy. Whenever we need a stop with the defense, they can't get off the field. I mean, it's just, it doesn't matter if they have a great defense, a mediocre defense. They never get off the field when it's like, okay, we just need a stop and this game's ours. Never happens. Mm-hmm. Never. Mm-hmm. I was laughing during halftime when the stack came up. It was, uh, you know, offensive yards and time of possessions were all tripled. It was like 325 to 90 and like seven minutes of possession to 22 minutes. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, well, that's not going to get it done, boys. <laughs> no kidding, man. You, uh, Kenny, you had a couple of notes that we had to, for the game. Like, What did you think about Mustafer? Oh. My first thought was when he uh, when he hit Justin in the gut with that early snap. I was like, "Who does he have nudes of?" Well, it was like the first. I wrote it in my notebook. I'm like, "What are we doing here?" Uh, I, I don't know. And maybe after you know this, you know, mini buy they have coming up after Thursday, there might be a move, but I doubt it. Like uh, I doubt it. I you brought in Patrick. You know, signed him to be your center. Obviously, you can't control that he got hurt, but... And now Whitehair's hurt. Right. Yeah, Mustafer's not it. I mean, he, he. I don't think he got necessarily as, like, bullied, as just, like, straight up, you know, strength-wise pushed off the ball. But it's like the mental mistakes, too, when you... You're either giving up immediate pressure or that's like the second or third, you know, early snap uh, I've seen. And you're supposed to be the guy like they kept you because you have a fair amount of starting experience. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I can't imagine uh, a switch at left guard would be any worse. But I uh, maybe it is. Maybe that's what they're seeing. You know what he reminds me of? Uh, Not to interrupt you, Kenny, I'm sorry. He reminds me of like an NBA – I'll just say myself here, somebody that could at times shoot very well, but I couldn't move laterally quick at all and I couldn't play defense. So that's I'm a liability at all times. Could you dunk? No, I mean, I'd have to – I'd have to use two hands. Mm -hmm. I I couldn't palm the ball. My my hands aren't big enough to palm the ball. But the the thing is – in just those situations, he it feels like me trying to play basketball. He it's like his his fucking feet are in uh, in cement. Like he does not have any quickness with his feet at all. It's like like I said, I'm comparing him to me in that regard. Like I'm just the average player could just blow by me, and that's the way when I watch him. That's what I think. He's a guy that literally the NBA zone would be the only thing that could save this guy and keep him in the league, where the zone's legal now. He has no movement with his feet at all to me. Mm-hmm. You see him get turned around at his hips and his feet stay planted a lot. Exactly. Yeah. It's just that he has no lateral movement at all. And I'm surprised it hasn't come up in any press conference, really. Like, 
I don't know how afraid the you know the media always talks about like the hard hitting the like this is Chicago, not like the small media like we're gonna grill you. When was mm-hmm. the last time you heard a you heard a question? You're like, ooh, like what are they gonna say to that? Right. I I don't understand. Like it hasn't been brought up at all. How are you not like coach? Do you think, you know, he's always saying, you know, we're putting, we're going to put out the best five. Like, well, are you, why'd you keep, why'd you sign Michael Schofield? Who is a nine year vet. If you're afraid to play him, why'd you keep Jatiri Carter on your 53 man roster? If you're afraid to play him, I thought this, you were the regime that's going to play your young guys and let them figure it out. You know, well, what is Sam going to give you if, if he hasn't improved in the last, like if in the last two years of him getting real game time tick, if this is what you're getting, it's time to move on. Like you signed a center. You thought that as well. They have to be married to his brains. Is the only thing I can think of. Yeah. They, they need the brains on the line in this teaching moment of the offense kind of on the fly which is pretty so, much what it is yeah oh, dan's gotta go i gotta go turn the alarm off i'll be right back <clears throat> uh, yeah I, I was thinking that too you know because that was the thought i had had it was like it's got to be his experience knowledge of the offense but you're still getting mental mistakes and uh what was like, oh, and I don't know if he's, if he's, you know, calling, if he's, you know, calling the defense, pointing out the mic, because it sounds like they're giving Justin most of that responsibility. So that's where I come in and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just left to think like, well, wh- why are you here then? Hmm. That's a good point with Justin. That could be the case with him calling out the, you know, IDing player uh, players on the line and such. So yeah, yeah, it sounds like be... he goes to the line most of the time with two plays, which is it's good he's getting that experience. Obviously, it's not going to be it's not going to th- be perfect. But if you're not relying on your center to make those line adjustments, I almost feel he- like they're. Like, like they figured they invested so much money into Patrick that they just need to get him on the field. And they're just automatically assuming he's their best offensive lineman at one of those three interior positions as a backup. Yeah. And they're, they're using the money as the excuse. Unless they're seeing something different in practice out of Jatire Carter that I'm, you know, that we're not seeing. Uh, we're only going off of I'm only going off of what I saw in training camp and preseason games, which you know doesn't say much, but it's worth wondering. You know, does the contract have something to do with it? Yeah, I, you know, I I am no great offense, you know, football mind, but I I watch Jatiri's Senior Bowl tape. And I thought he like obviously it's it's different, but looking he he looked like he had a solid base and really good recovery. Even if he got 
initially beat off the line. He was able to mm-hmm. kind of anchor his feet down. So then that's a kid I would like to get, see get some tick. You know, the problem is you have Justin Fields behind you who's, you know, left to pay the consequences for whatever that is. So they mm-hmm. might just truly feel like changes right now are going to do more harm than good. Um, I thought going through the Minnesota game, there was was the two sacks that came in, but I thought the pass protection was mostly decent. You know, nothing to write home about, but decent. Uh, The run run, uh, blocking, to me, in the last two to three weeks has kind of fallen off where after the first two you know two weeks are like we can run on anybody like they're at least a good run blocking team and just feel like khalil's been a bit ineffective they're not getting the same kind of push so right they almost flip-flop those two sides you're right they did they it's like they okay let's put all our focus into pass blocking now okay coach you know just forget all the run blocking stuff we've been working on. We've got all that down. Let's work on pass blocking now. And then they get into the game like, okay, let's focus on all these. You know, we're gonna we're gonna pass more this game. So let's focus on all the pass blocking techniques we've been working on this week. Okay, coach. You know, and then they come out there and they have a better game pass blocking. It's it's good to see. We, yeah. So it, it does it does expected. give us hope. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, we forgot to mention like we. We're getting to near the end of the show here. Let's uh, we have one question starred. So, if you guys have any questions for us or anything you want us to bring up in chat, uh, we can talk with you guys in chat now. Um, and and by the way, if you would like to join us on Bears Country Podcast, please email us at bearscountrypodcast at gmail.com and we'll be happy to bring you on the show. That's how Kenny's here. Kenny emailed us. And he wanted to come on the show, and we're happy to have him. He's an awesome guest. Thank you very much, Kenny, for coming on with us. So for anyone that wants to join us, email us down there. You see it on the ticker. And get your questions. Pull your questions up here. We have some people left here in chat are live still. So we have one question starred. And we can start pulling up some of those questions and kind of get involved with with the chat now because we've been rambling on our – on our own on the both the ballroom network and here not really even talking to you guys we apologize so let's kitty let's let's pull up the first question that we do have kitty there you go do you think usmc 1994 asks do you think that fields breaks 300 plus passing yards this game i don't think we have a 300 plus passer since cuddy Ooh, uh, didn't matt barkley have a 300 one yes he did and so did uh trubisky yeah yeah i think he had at least two or three the tampa bay game was a 300 plus game for six touchdowns but do you guys think that he can break 300 yards passing this game? I'll let you take that question, Dan, first. Until I see it, 
I'm going to say no. But is he capable? Yes. But Washington also, at least last year, had a fairly stout D line, which worries me in terms of protections. But uh, he's capable, but I don't know if it's going to happen this week. Kenny? Yeah, I'm going to kind of piggyback off that. I I think there's definitely an opportunity uh, to, but probably not. Um, maybe, you know, during the like, play calling, I, I think it, it seemed like a lot of we're either running it or we're chucking it. This past game, there seemed to be more work underneath to the flats, you know, to the check downs. So, like, uh, maybe a few busted runs, like, you know, some, someone breaking off. But uh, I probably – I would have to say no, not that I, I haven't watched much of the commandos this year to know exactly how their defense is performing. I'm going to break the chain here and say, based on these numbers – which have been projecting upwards. Last week he had, what, 170-something yards passing. This week, 21 attempts, 208 yards passing. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes. There, he's going he, he's gonna, to he's gonna have 307 yards passing this week. Thursday against the Commanders. Good question. Thank you for bringing that up. St. Omni. 15 pass completions isn't going to make it. No. He's going to have 31 pass complete uh pass attempts. He'll be he'll be uh 25 of 31 for 307 yards and two touchdowns. That's what I'm going. I'm going to write that down. I need that as Emma. Pettis drops might account for that missing eighty to ninety yards. I'm I'm going to give it the Nikhil Harry benefactor coming back this game, right? And like you said, Dan, Velas Jones getting more involved in this game. I think I think this is the breakout game. I'm I'm going to call it. Thank you for that good question because I'm I'm going to say yes. 25 of 31, 307 yards, and two touchdowns. That's what I'm going with. I wrote it down. Well, I can tell you, if you get that right, uh, you deserve to be gratified in a, I'm going to be a PG, gratified in any way you want sexually. From, from Obviously from one individual that you're married to. Not from, I'm not trying to advocate an affair. Why, what happened to you, Dan? You got so PG all of a sudden. I just don't want to offend anybody. I, I would expect you to say that you need to be gratified with a blowjob. That's what I was trying <laughs> to say, but I didn't want to make Kitty mad at me either. So, no, Dan, I'm a, Dan, I'm a fan. I've listened to many barroom episodes, so yeah, you guys are good. Absolutely, right. Dan. You're you're not offending anyone. Well, what here. about her? I didn't want to offend her. No, you're not. Kitty, is he offending you? She's probably not even on right now. It's just I just see her. She's like, I've heard that blowjob joke. I'm leaving. No, you know you're not offending me. <laughs> okay, good. All right. Well, if if he's right about Fields throwing for 307 yards, then by God, give him the best blowjob he's had since 1999. I'll just pull that figure out of my ass. <laughs> since 19. 19- <laughs>
And we'll play Prince when we do that. <laughs> or the Limp Bizkit cover, which was also really good. <laughs> there, you, there you have it, Dan. You're good to go. So, what's... <laughs> okay. So, this isn't a question, but we win by 14 points. Defense gets two turnovers. Offense keeps the momentum with Mooney and Komet having their best games this Thursday. I love the optimism, Leo Factor. Thank you. I'm going to write that down. We're gonna we're gonna take a we're gonna take a screenshot of that Leo Factor. There you go. We win by fourteen. I thought I took a screenshot. I don't need to do that. I like your optimism. USMC ninety four says, "I hope Brisker gets his no shit interception soon. We just need a solid number two corner, and we have one of the best secondaries in the NFL, D dude." Kyler Gordon is slowly becoming a solid number two corner, man. Seriously. Better and better every game. I, it's, I think it's actually, it's, even though we lost both games, it's going to come down as a, um, what's that word, uh, that phrase I'm looking for? It's going to benefit them in the future by having Gordon play these two games really having to step up his game with Jalen Johnson out. So Brisker, he will get his interception soon. He's been heating up. I think he's got to start. He's trusting his eyes more uh, mm -hmm. on where to go. So I think the more comfortable he gets in tracking, you're going to see more of those impact plays mm -hmm. start to come when, you know, he, he's got more of a mental idea of what's going on and, I'm sure right now it's going 100 miles an hour for him. He's a smart kid that uses his eyes a lot, too, to his advantage. So his those interceptions will come because of that. Do we have another question, Kitty? St. Omni, who is going to make the bad play of the game? Ooh. I hope it's Carson Wentz. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to give you the mic. Thank you. Yes. Carson Perfect. Wentz is going to throw three picks. Oh, oh, let me write that down. Twice both the ankles on the same play. Three picks. He's not going to just, just no, no Joe Theismann moments though. That's all. I, I don't, none of that. Or Alex Smith but, for that matter. Right. Wentz will take a shower and play amazing. <laughs> Let's hope not. I hope Wait, he takes a shower. Do, do we call him a Hall of Famer this time or no? No, fuck it. I'm, I'm just no. telling you, he, he needs to take a bath, and, he, and he's going to fucking blow the game for Washington. I'm just coming. I'm pounding <laughs> my chest on this one. I'm being chesty. Yes, me too. That's probably I, guaranteed, I guaranteed victory against San Francisco. I don't want to do that here. Because I almost like look like a dumbass for the first half against 49s. But uh God, I, I don't believe in Wentz at all. I'll just say that. You can't lose on a rolling out a new uniform night. You gotta put respect on the orange unis. Oh, right. is that the orange yeah, we're, helmet? We're wearing night? the we're wearing the orange helmet and orange jersey against Washington and then against Dallas as well. 
The Dallas game's is on it? the road, but you know Dallas wears white at home, so we're wearing orange that day too. Oh, what's the pants? Uh, it's so, the white pants. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited wow, to that's see be... what it looks like on TV and in person because when they rolled out the picture, it almost seemed odd that like the orange jersey wasn't quite the same orange as the helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I, I'm really excited to see what they, you know, what they look like on the broadcast. Yeah, but sometimes that. You ever notice that sometimes the Bears jerseys look black and sometimes they just look really light blue? Yes. Especially yeah, yeah. during the Ditka era, they looked black a lot, even though they were still oh. blue. Right. They were like that real navy, almost black blue. Yeah, we, we then, had navy, with, even with Reebok, but when Nike took over in 2012, the, the color officially become maroon, or I'm sorry, marine blue. It wasn't it's not navy now. They call it Nike calls it marine blue. So it's a mm-hmm. different shade. It's brighter. Hmm. It's like this this Erlacher jersey is a legitimate jersey. That's almost that dark. That's dark. Blue. But you can tell that's a Reebok one because look at where uh the five is. Those those are called TV numbers, right? On the side. When Nike took over, they moved those numbers to the shoulder. They're up top now. Yeah, this is a Reebok one, yeah. yeah so I'm saying the five and the four yeah. on Erlacher's sleeve would be up by the shoulder blade right. now. And right. Mikey did that, and they turned the color uh, marine blue. Right, and that's what this Peyton is. This Peyton has them on the shoulders. See? Yeah. And it's that it's that wrong blue. You could tell them that even in that lighting. It'll be interesting to see the new helmets. I I can't wait now that yeah I forgot I completely forgot about those until you guys even mentioned it. <clears throat> we have a uh, one more question left, Kitty. Leo Factor, what do you guys say to the people who use the excuse that it's a rebuild year when talking about the talent polls signed on offense? Did polls do enough this off season? I'm gonna go around the clock on that one. I'll go to you first. Kenny? Um, Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I think you have to factor in the position that they were in with, you know, dead money and having to figure a few things out. I, you know, during that first half, I was definitely thinking like going secondary in the first two picks was bold. You, they could definitely use an Alec Pierce out on the outside who I was a big fan of coming out of the draft. But I, I think he did he did okay. I, I wish you could say they you want them to do more on the offensive line, but they drafted like five or six O-linemen, um, brought in some free agents. You never know how guys are going to pan out. So it's like brought Byron Pringle coming in and – you know, going out of injury after making, you know, one catch, one notable catch is tough. They certainly didn't plan on that. Uh, Dante Pettis has not, you know, not not been pulling his weight. Um, I thought, you know, one of the things that annoyed me was the coaching. Uh, going to him on the two-point conversion when I think you have – 
more explosive players. Like if you brought in Bayless, if you're going to have him returning kicks and doing end arounds, why can't you trust him to catch a ball in the flat and try to break it for the two yards um, rather than going to a guy who has been dropping the ball for multiple weeks and is not that is fast, but not explosive and strong. So I, that annoyed me in the game, you know, most of all was just the use of personnel, but back to polls. Uh, I, I'm still, I'm still on the fence that he's, doing about as well as it can. It is a rebuild year. Um, from ideally, it would have been last year, and we would have been in the second year had they decided to tear everything down last year. So we're, we're a bit behind the eight ball in that, that perspective. Dan? I like the fact that we're going to see – Ideally, uh, Nikhil Harry on Thursday. He's got a big body, got a lot to prove. Maybe he has that revenge game against the Patriots that we're all wanting in a couple weeks for uh, a current bear against his former team. That would be nice. But I think that he brings in a different, at least a different body type than the other receivers that we have now. So I like that. He's not going to be, you know, the little shifty Darnell Mooney, although Mooney made a great catch. I'm not trying to be dismissive. I'm just saying, but he's a short guy. And Harry's, what, 6'4"? He's big, just a big-bodied guy. So I think that could be a sneaky good trade now that he's in, well, he'll be back. And and I hope that the kid from Sunday bounces back too. But to go bring him back to the question, I mean, I don't know yet. It, it's still – we've played five games. The offensive line is still – the part I'm most disappointed in, well, maybe the defense too, because Eberflus, I thought, you know, well, hell, they brought in, they repaired the secondary, and we got a real coach now. He knows how to coach defense. You figure the defense would improve, that you know, with a better secondary, but that hasn't happened. You give up 21 straight points to start a fucking game. It's just it's maddening. But that offensive line, I bought into the fact that, well, Ryan Poles knows offensive lines because, you know, he's he's an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but someone's talking about St. Brown being 6'3", but Harry's a bigger guy, though. You know, I mean, just in terms of his overall stature from what I, And I don't think St. Brown necessarily sucks anyway. I just feel like he hasn't had a lot of opportunities, and maybe that's his own fault. But nevertheless, the answer... 6'4", 6'5", too. Well, well the, to bring it to Poles, I think that the biggest failure thus far has been the offensive line where it's like we're stuck playing Sam Mustafer because Olin Kruitz likes him or something, you know, like I get it. If you put Patrick in at center, you got to have a hole at left guard. They probably think they're better with Mustafer at center and Patrick at left guard than starting a rookie at left guard. But my God, like Sam Mustafer has just been horrible. And I would have expected polls to, to know that. And like, I thought Mustafer was going to get cut before Patrick got hurt. I really did. Cause he's garbage, man. <laughs> so I don't know the answer to the question, but I am disappointed with the offensive line. Go ahead, Dan. Sorry. No, I need, I need the question pulled back up by Kitty. So to answer your question, Leo, uh, the first part, what do you guys say to the people who use the excuse that it's a rebuild year when talking about the talent polls signed on offense? So the first part of that question, my answer is, I think that, People are not using it as an excuse. I think that it's just their natural fallback option 
to to uh, it's like a security blanket that you have to assume that this team is just rebuilding and they're just scrapping everything and starting over again. So that's going to be my excuse for why this team sucks this year. You know, whereas myself personally has taken the exact opposite approach to that thinking brand new blood coming into the facility and putting in a brand new offense and defense only adds to the mystery of the team, especially in the beginning of the season. And that was kind of why I had an 11 and six record because I thought we could sneak out four wins in the beginning and we would have lost this Minnesota game just like we did and been okay with it because we would have been five and one or four and one. Uh, that was my thinking. That's my optimistic thinking. So taking that optimistic route, I'm just thinking that people just naturally assume that because of what happened, you know, he, he came in and got rid of Mac traded Mac. He got rid of the contract that they don't have to pay anything after this year. Excellent move. He turned five draft picks into 11 and doubled down on the offensive line, you know, chips to see what he has. And we've, so far, it's been working. We've kept most of those players that we drafted. In fact, a lot of them are on the field on game day through the first five games. So I, I think that the people that are using that as an excuse is just that's what they're doing because they're just choosing, choosing to be negative. The second part to your question, Leo, is did – he do enough? Did polls do enough this offseason? I think he did it kind of what to what I was just saying. I think he did enough to this point. I mean, you can only do so much. He turned five picks into 11. He got a bunch of big contracts off the books for next season to open things up. He got us a brand new slate of, you know, it, it's not like we just had five draft picks. Now we have to go into next season with all this draft pick hope. We got an extra, you know, how six picks out of that last year. We he doubled his he more than doubled the amount of picks that he had to start with. So if you can take that kind of mentality going into the future, you know, what can he do trading down to get more picks to use his talent evaluation to add even more to that? If he can if he can hit four players out of this draft, what can he do out of next year's draft? And so did he do enough this offseason with what he had to work with a hundred percent. And I don't think that we can sit here shitting on Sam Mustafer and the offensive line. Yes. He's, he comes from an offensive lineman background. So does Ian Cunningham, but you know, this, he he's done what he could with this offensive line with what he had. He brought in, He's traded for people. He's brought in uh, free agents. He's brought in undirected free agents. Michael Schofield didn't even work out. He's not even on the team anymore, but he tried. Dozier, thank. I'm, I'm actually. I don't wish injury on anybody, but if 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 Dakota Dozier was still on this offensive line in this rotation, I'd be even a little bit more worried. I'd almost rather have what we have right now. 
So can you can you foresee Cody Whitehair getting injured if he's missed like two games in his entire career? That's the unfortunate part of did he do enough? I think he did. It's just we lost Cody Whitehair for at least now another three games. So I think we're just going to get through this. It's gonna, I think things are getting better. We're just we're we got to get through the the weeds of the learning of the offense, and things will start to come together. The the principles are still in place. They're still working. Everyone's still following them. So I'm just remaining positive. That's all. Sorry yeah, for my rant. You can definitely be critical of some of the decisions, but I would say it's that I would think of it more of as as a caveat than an excuse. Like you do right. have to take into consideration again the the point the franchise was at you know, where they had got themselves and you had to shed some talent and some contracts. Then had you not, you would have been thinking like next year is that sandbagging you thinking, wow, I wish they would have just came in and cut the cord and gotten rid of that and acted with intent rather than, you know, going back. It's like, oh, well, do we keep this aging, you know, all-star Khalil Mack? Or yeah, Khalil Mack, exactly, Akeem Hicks. Do, do you try to run those guys back, or do you shed weight, you figure out who can play ball on this team, and mm-hmm. then march towards the future? Right. Kitty, yeah, it looks like you have one more question. Leo Factor, you trust Velas to return kicks for 99 yards? And get whacked, but he can't run an out route. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't know why he's not playing receiver. Do you have any input on that, Dan? Why is he not playing? Why, why isn't he doing an out route? I don't know, but he scored on an end around that should have been considered a run, but is a pass. So whatever. Uh, I would assume he'll be assimilated more and more in the weeks to come. Yeah, I think that's going to start this Thursday, like you said. Especially with Pettis being just such an unequivocal fucking bust of an acquisition. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I liked, the, I liked taking the, the swing on the one-year deals. You know, at least it's a one-year deal. Same thing with Pringle. I would have caught no, him Pr- Sunday. Pringle's a three-year. Yeah. I I literally text Aldo. They should cut Pettis. And at the same time, he tweeted something like, Dante Pettis, the coach needs to see you. Bring your playbook. <laughs> so we had the same fucking thought at the same time. That's true. I Here's was, your pink slip. I was doing home renovations on Sunday. So the first update I got from the game was – was a, a tweet saying uh, they should leave Dante Pettis in Minnesota. I'm like, okay, well, this must be going good. Uh, luckily, I was already breaking stuff around my house for that first half. Um, so I didn't look like too much of a psycho. You're already hitting a, a wall with your ham- at the hammer anyway. Exactly. <laughs> I, I was ripping some drywall down. Well, that's, a, that's actually a, an excellent, uh, you know, source of getting off your energy for a, 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 a shitty first half like that. That's for sure. 
Well, guys, I think that's uh, a wrap for a last call at Hallis Hall this night. What do you guys think? Yeah, I got to do my radio show anyway. I got to get it on by midnight Eastern. So, Well, thank you all very much for joining us in chat tonight. We appreciate you all very much. Kenny, thank you for being our guest tonight from chat. Again, if anyone wants to join us, email us at bearscountrypodcast at gmail.com. We'll be happy to bring you on the show and do some last call at Hallis Hall breakdown with you. Until next week, we'll see you next week, Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Barroom Network. Make sure you like and subscribe to Barroom Network and Bears Country Podcast. Plus, we have more stuff coming out on Bears Country Podcast this week with the lowdown with Lynn Hayden on Wednesday. So look out for that. Thank you all very much for tuning in. You guys want to do it on a one, two, three? One, two, three. Bears. Bears. Bears.